Ladies and gents, in today's video, we're going to go over the three things that rich people do differently from poor people. Now, the first thing that I want to say on this video is I actually hate that term. I hate the term rich, poor. To me, I truly believe that being rich or being poor is simply a state of mind. Well, I really sound like one of those motivational Instagram pages. But in all seriousness, the reason I say this is because you see so many quote unquote poor people, but they have such a rich state of mind and they're actively working towards having a wealthier future. And then on the flip side, I'm sure you've seen a lot of rich people out there, whether it's earned themselves or given or inherited, they are on a fast trajectory to losing it all. Now, if you're new to the channel and you're wondering who I am, my name is Iman Gadji and I actually run an advertising agency that helps e-commerce and education companies. I made my first million at 18 and have repeated that and not only repeated it, but multiplied it every single year since then. I'm actually 21 now. And I use the principles I'm gonna share with you here, not only to amass that wealth, but to keep it and grow it. And the sooner you develop these habits, the better off you're gonna be in life. Now, as always, a quick prelude before we get started, I am actually giving away a pair of these, which are blue light blockers from my clothing line, Gadgy. These things are bespoke, took us 12 months of development, and we sell these for actually over hundred bucks. So if you wanna be drawn into win, very, very simple. All you have to do is like, and comment and in the description down below you can actually find the winner to last gadgets giveaway and with that out the way let's get straight into the video so the first thing that rich people do is they focus on growing their income yearly you need to understand that you will never invest your way to riches and i also don't believe in this notion that you should be a penny pincher and you know an ultra saver and this and that i think there's a saying or something that goes you shouldn't obsess over pennies you know really the idea here is you should not obsess over pennies when that's taking away energy from making you pounds. Now, look, this is totally different if, you know, you're Dave Ramsey and you're giving advice to a 45 year old who's been working at the same job for 15 years and really they have sort of a fixed income. They're, they're they don't have the potential to grow their income, right? So in that case, it makes sense to save, be a saver, and then that way you can invest it and then that grows income on the side. But I know my demographic here and it's mainly 18 to 30 year olds and 95% of you guys are entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs. So you have this incredible ability to grow your income year on year on year. You know, really the only reason that I'm in the financial situation I am now is because I made the decision to start a social media marketing agency when I was 16. Now. At the time, I didn't really know that it was an agency. You know, it's grown and morphed over the last four and a half years. At the time for me, it was simply, I was delivering a service to clients and they were paying me. And then I started getting clients on a monthly retainer basis. And then that's kind of when it molded into an agency. If you actually want to see a four year agency journey all the way from 2016 to 2020, I'm going to pop a video right here and you can actually see how I made my first million with social media marketing at the age of 18. And so it doesn't actually distract you from this video. I'll go ahead and pop that up in the end screen so you can check that video out. So as I said, the decision to start a business with no money and no experience at the age of 16 was the best move that I've ever made in my entire life. And it's the reason that I am here today. Remember, you need to take fate into your own hands, be the master of your own destiny. Now, there are a myriad of different businesses that you can start out there, but the main thing that you wanna focus on is getting a business started for less than $500. I believe as a beginner entrepreneur, you should not be investing five grand, 15 grand, 20 grand, into these business ideas because yes, there might be some upside, but you always wanna hedge and you wanna mitigate your downside. So if you start a business, really actually get it off the ground, like basically everything you actually need to start the business, it should not cost you more than 500 bucks. You know, definitely don't start something like 
my e-commerce brand Gadget. For the first batch of these glasses, I had to send the manufacturer $75,000. I didn't see that money back for four months until the initial batch production was done and we got started. And actually later this evening, I'm about to wire another $100,000 for our new core collection. So e-commerce, stay away from when you are a beginner. Now, as many of you guys know, one of my businesses is an education company called growagency.com, where we help people just like you start social media marketing businesses from scratch and quickly scale it to $10,000 a month. Now we have some students making $100,000 a month plus profit with their agency, but myself and my team at my advertising agency, you know, we use very different systems and processes to get them to that point than we do just to get someone to 10K a month. But as a pinned comment down below, I'll actually go ahead and drop the new 2021 updated case study. At the end, I don't sell anything. I don't pitch anything paid. And I actually give you guys quite a few plug and play cheat sheets with that. So go ahead and check that out. Now, starting a business isn't the only way that you can grow your income year on year. You can join a fast moving and agile company. To give you an example, at my company, I have eight full-time employees. They get paid incredibly well. In fact, quite a few of them get the same sort of pay that you would expect at Facebook or Google. And although I've never taken investor money, we work a lot like a startup where the more value that they bring to the company, the higher their salary is going to be year on year. To give you a clear depiction, my payroll per year is $600,000. And as I said, that's with a full-time team of eight working all around the world in different places. Now, many of my employees will then take their high earning salary, and I really encourage them to do this as well. They will take that money and then invest it to have it working for them. Some of my employees actually own multiple properties and have other investments that's yielding them seven to eight percent a year. So I don't want this to be one sided and think that you have to start a business, but it is by far the easiest way to grow your income consistently year on year. But really, the strategy of my team leeways perfectly into the next point. The next thing that rich people do is they live below their means. Now, that does not mean that you uh, penny pinch. I live far, far below my means or far, far below my income, but I live what a lot of people would consider a very luxurious and glamorous life. But as I said, that's because it's a sliver of my income. Rich people will live below their means. They'll find out what their monthly expenses are, and then they will invest heavily. And for years, I did the first part. You know, I lived below my means. I was frugal relative to my income, and I saved a lot, a lot of cash in the bank. But I missed out on a lot of returns and a lot of gains because that that money was just sitting there in the bank doing nothing. And I wish I had started to invest sooner. It was really only in the third and fourth quarter of 2020 that I started investing. But when I started investing, I got pretty serious about it. By the end of the year, my personal investment portfolio, so that's post-tax value, was at $2 million, as I said, sitting in my personal name. And that is growing at a rapid pace. At the time of recording this, I'm 21 years old, and the goal is to get to 25 million by the age of 25. And that is assets in my name minus debt. And the goal by the end of the year is $4 million. And as I said, that is all in my personal name, so post-tax income. Now, honestly, my only regret of my entrepreneurial journey is not investing sooner. I think it's such an important habit to develop at a young age, especially if you're making at least six figures a year. And I know that there are so many of you watching this that are six, seven, multi-seven, and even eight-figure year entrepreneurs, because that's just kind of the crowd that I attract. And Really, you should have six months of your cash reserve. You should, as I said, find out where your living costs are and try to minimize them. And then after that, just invest the rest. You know, as I said, I know my demographic here is primarily 18 to 30 year olds. You can be a little bit more aggressive with your investment portfolio. Now, what I love so much about investing is, yeah, the returns are good. But I mean, uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's just be honest here. I've said this once already in this video and I will continue to say it. 
my investments will never make me the sort of money that my business makes me. In your business, you are truly in control of any, you know, you can take your agency from zero to 10K very, very easily. That's sort of the common path in a year. But then you can take your agency from 10 to 50K in the space of four or five months just by getting a few things right. You know, for your investment portfolio to do something like that, it's just not gonna happen. So really actually the biggest reason at this age why I'm such a fan of investing is you are kicking the can down the road. So when you take that money and you lock it up in investments, for me, the actual benefit of that is that psychologically, first of all, psychologically, I think it push, pushes you to work harder because you look at your bank balance and it's not, you know, although you've got your money in another place in investments, your bank balance isn't that high. And there is a, at least for me personally, there was a big danger when like I looked at my checking account and there was almost at least, at least seven figures. And you know, it was almost like a little demotivating to, to see that. So number one, there's that. But number two, it's just when you have that invested, then you have less in your actual bank account to spend. And it really motivates you to live a little bit more frugally. As I said, for me, it got to a point where there was no difference whether I spent 20,000 a month or 30,000 a month on, on my life and my lifestyle, because it was still a very small sliver of my income. So I was still being extremely, extremely responsible with my level of spending. But now that I'm focusing a lot on investing, there is a big difference between, you know, and I'm just saying hypothetically, spending 30K a month on my life compared to 20K a month, that extra 10K a month or 120K a year, that multiplies and compounds with the investments. As I said, now that I'm heavily investing, I still am not a penny pincher and I never will be, but I'm just a lot more conscious on some of the more extravagant purchases and I think twice as to whether I need it or I don't. The last thing that rich people do is they buy based on value. And two things, number one, on value to themselves, like what value does this thing have to you? And second, just the actual value of the product or the service. And really the main thing I noticed is they never buy something to impress other people. Clothes is a very common example. Rich people will buy what they like or what they value. Now, a lot of rich people wear you know, unique low and just like basic tees and, you know, and, you know, they may be worth 20 million, but they just wear, you know, just super simple, basic, you know, uh, $10 white tees. Or there's a lot of very wealthy people that head to toe will be wearing things like Xenia, uh, Laura Piana, James Purse, you know, very, very expensive clothes, but that you would never tell. And once again, that comes down to what do they value personally? I think I never judge what anyone spends their money on. It's for me, it's just I think it's important to know the place that it's coming from. You know, I'll give you an example. In 2019, I think I probably spent close to 40 or $50,000 on business class and first class flights. I was doing a lot of traveling in 2019. And then by the end of the year, I kind of got to a point where I looked at it and I was like, I, I don't actually value, like I know some people will never, you know, will refuse to travel unless it's in business or first class. I'm not going to lie. Like I actually, unless it's a, a savagely long trip. And even then I, I don't really mind. I'm not someone who can really sleep on planes that much. So I don't mind sitting in economy and I kind of like it. I get to catch up on some work or, you know, I don't really watch Netflix, but that allows me an opportunity to, you know, uh, download some stuff on my iPad and, and kind of catch up on some shows that, that my friends have been telling me about and stuff like that. So that was a decision where in 2020, I kind of realized like, damn, there, I, I'm, I realized, wow, I'm spending money on this because it's just, in my mind, it was like, I'm making a certain amount of money. So this is what you do when you make this amount of money. But I looked at it and I was like, do I actually value this thing? And I said, no. And you know, I had no ego about, you know, moving from first class all the way back to economy. Now, actually funnily enough in 2021, uh, I've only taken one flight so far and that was business class. And I will 
never fly economy ever again in my entire life. Well, actually, that's a lie. I'll probably fly economy. Well, I guess it depends on, on where air travel goes. The reason that is, is because traveling, as many of you guys know right now, is a very stressful experience. Like it's, it's very, very stressful. So then to be sat in economy, um, I just realized, look, I'm going through a very stressful thing of traveling. Um, and I would rather just like be treated as best as I can be treated because also they do treat you a lot better when you're sitting in first in business, have a nice, comfortable bed I can sleep in and just have no one bothering me. So that's an example right there where I look at something and I, I make the decision based on what value does it have to me. I don't make that decision based on, uh, you know, someone in my position or like what if someone... Or if, or like, what if one of my YouTube subscribers saw me sitting in economy and thought this of me and that and that, like, I just make the decision based on the value to me. I'll give you guys another example. I don't have a car. You know, I live in London and a lot of people there have a lot of very, very expensive cars. In fact, around the area where I live, which is Knightsbridge, you will not see more crazy cars in your entire life. Probably the only place on earth that I've seen, you know, uh, that density of, of ridiculous cars that close to each other. Uh, it's probably Monaco. So as I said, I know it would impress people and people expect me to, uh, you know, I've had a lot of people say this before that, you know, don't know my YouTube channel or this or that, just know of me just socially or through my uh, network or this or that. They they all expect me to have a super expensive car. In fact, I'll get Tristan, my creative director, to pop a photo on screen of the car that I would get, which is actually a Renault Twizy, which is basically like a mini go-kart. Now, one of my clients, and, and this is a client back in 2017, this client actually had a Ferrari 458, they had a Harley Davidson and they had a Twizy and the Twizy was the one that they used most. And I always just thought there was something so cool about that. So, so the day that I get a car in London, it'll probably be a Renault Twizy. So really the main point that I'm trying to get here is, you know, I don't ever judge anyone on what they spend their money on because I, at the end of the day, rich people identify what brings them happiness and they assign a bigger budget to that. And what do they not really care about? And they don't have any ego about it or, you know, they never think, oh, what will people think of me? This or that. They just figure out what makes them happy or brings value to their life. They spend more money on that and then they cut back expenses and live more frugally in the areas that doesn't bring value to them. Ladies and gents, as I said, being rich truly starts up here. And once you amass the wealth, that is just step number one. The game is not over at that point. The hardest part is keeping that wealth and multiplying it over the years. And just remember, this is a game of offense, making more money, growing your income, as well as defense, investing, and cutting out expenses that don't actually bring value to your life. Look, if you enjoyed that video, I went ahead and picked out another special video that I know you're going to find immensely valuable. You can find it right there. I know you're going to love it, and I'll see you in the next one.